This is Bunny Michael. When you approach your life from the consciousness of your higher self, the knowing how worthy you are, every aspect of your life begins to change. Your relationships, your career, your self-care, your body image, everything. Because this is the process of unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. True success starts with knowing how much you deserve. Following your higher self is an awakening process and it's no easy feat. But as you will hear from the callers on this podcast, our paths might look different, but our journey is the same. Welcome to EXO Higher Self. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 66. I'm so happy to be here with you. I hope you had an amazing week. I had a really awesome weekend because we hosted the live EXO Higher Self episode on Zoom on Saturday. The topic was higher selfing your creativity. So it was really great to be able to give a talk on that and to answer your questions. That topic is just so near and dear to my heart because so much of my personal journey aligning with my higher self has been discovering my creative voice and realizing that my voice mattered and realizing that wasn't because I was special in some certain way, but because everybody's voice matters because everyone has value. So it was really, really awesome to be there with that group. And I know a lot of you couldn't attend live, but are watching the video recording that's now up on our Patreon. So thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting that supporting our Patreon, and becoming an Angels or Miracles supporter. So we can keep doing those live talks on Zoom every month. So last night, I watched something really, really interesting on Netflix. It was part of the Netflix series Explained, which is basically like an educational series, and each episode is a different topic where they teach you, you know, the science behind something or the history behind something. And this episode was about brainwashing and, you know, where that concept came from. But what I really found super, super poignant was they went into how people become radicalized to believe certain things or to join a certain radical group or uh, believe in a conspiracy theory. They had this woman on there who is an ex-QAnon conspiracy theorist, and she told her story about how she had kind of reached this really low point and she lost her family and all this stuff. So it was It was really, really interesting. But the thing that really stuck out to me was they did these brain scans on people who have been radicalized and discovered that it is a lot easier for somebody to be persuaded into a radical belief system when they don't feel part of a group or a sense of belonging. And that makes them actually super vulnerable to wanting to belong. That drive to belong is so strong that even if it's something that in the past they would have never agreed to, they're much more vulnerable into identifying with something destructive or violent, which makes, you know, a lot of sense to me because I do feel like so much of the suffering in the world is this unconscious feeling that you are lacking in some way that you don't belong, that there's something missing or there's something wrong with you. And we have become just so, so divided in so many ways. And we have also in so many ways lost our connection to each other, lost 
being able to see the humanity, the higher self in each other. But the good news was in conducting those experiments, they also discovered that when a person has those beliefs, you really can't convince them otherwise when they're in that mental state. But what you can do is make them feel like they do belong to your group or to humanity as a whole. And when they feel included that they do belong, actually, they are much more easily able to let go of those self-destructive beliefs or those fundamentalist radical ideas that are actually products of their own trauma. And a lot of times what happens is that people who have traumatic experiences, they feel ostracized, right? They feel alone. And so it becomes very attractive to find community in places that actually are not good for them. And the reason why this was so great to hear for me was because it validated in so many ways this path of finding our higher selves. Because the path of finding our higher self is being able to see through the behavior through the conditioning into who we are in our essence and the connection we actually do have with each other. And until we evolve to that awareness, to the fact that we are actually all connected and we actually all do belong, we're going to continue to hurt each other, to cause suffering, and people will continue to be vulnerable to that type of manipulation. In truth, we all just want to feel that we are worthy of love. And a lot of times we grow up in situations where we're taught the opposite of that. So Basically, what this researcher was saying was that we are all vulnerable to this type of manipulation. It doesn't mean that this person is somehow a bad seed, bad person. It means that we as human beings need to feel a sense of belonging. That's at the core of our human need. And I believe that's because our true self, our spirit does belong to a greater whole. And when we lose sight of that, when that becomes unconscious or when that becomes covered up or hidden within ourselves, that's when we feel alone. And that's when we feel we have nothing to turn to. So this podcast is really about waking up to a higher state of consciousness where everybody belongs. And that doesn't mean excusing behavior. That doesn't mean condoning violence. That doesn't mean saying it's okay to have these destructive beliefs. But what it's doing is recognizing the higher self that has been covered up. And we, as accountable people, are in the process of unlearning our unconscious biases, our unconscious judgments. We're bringing that stuff to the light so that we aren't controlled by it. And there are some people who are having a much harder time with that. But like I always say on this podcast, everybody is just in a different place in their journey. And when you can recognize that in people, you take it a lot less personally. You realize that people are not their conditioning. And it's a lot easier for you to find that compassion. Because how are we going to solve this stuff? You know, are we going to solve it by just demonizing the other side? Are we going to solve it by just saying, okay, put all these people in a room because they're bad? No, the way we solve it is from a higher state of consciousness. It's through our higher selves. It's through seeing that we can bridge that. We can 
realize that we all need each other and that it's our responsibility to take care of each other. We're doing the work and we're here for a reason. And it's not just to improve our personal lives, but it's to improve the world through love, through compassion, through care. Every day we're taking one step forward. Okay, enough of my rambling. Let's get to the questions. Hi, Bunny. I absolutely love your podcast and your perspective. It has truly helped me fix my mind in ways that I didn't see feasible before, and thank you for that. Um, so I am a nanny, and usually I'm a very, I consider myself to be a very patient person. You know, I can hold space for the children to express themselves how they need to um, while, you know, still being a disciplinary figure, but being able to be patient with them and help them along their journey. But lately, I have been finding myself to be extremely impatient. I don't enjoy playing along with the children anymore. I find myself being like unresponsive and just really not enjoying being with the children anymore. And I am kind of realizing that I don't really enjoy being around children. Um, I get very aggravated and I just like don't feel like entertaining them. But this is my job, and I don't really have the mental or financial capacity to find a different job right now. And I'm just wondering if you have any advice how I could return to the place of patience and be able to give these children the space that they need without making it about my personal journey of like finding patience. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm really over it, but I like this job. It has great perks. I don't want to work anywhere else, but I just need to find the space in my mind to regain my patience for these children. If you have any advice for me, I would really appreciate it. Thank you again for listening to this question and have a wonderful day. Hi, sweetheart. Let me first start off by saying you have a really challenging job. Taking care of kids is so difficult, not just because it's physically draining. Literally, I play with a child for 30 minutes and I'm exhausted, but it's also challenging because it requires so much presence. The thing about children is they pick up on everything energetically. They feel your mood even if you're telling them nothing is wrong. They are so present in their own lives because they haven't yet been trapped in worries about the future or reliving the past. They experience everything with so much openness and intuition. They are so much more close to their spirits, their higher selves, because it wasn't that long ago they entered into their human form and into this human world with all its hangups and judgments and learned hierarchical beliefs. Their higher selves is the pure love inside of them, and they look to us for guidance in this human world. That's why so often kids can be like mirrors to what's going on with us internally. And in that way, they are such great 
teachers. You being short on your patience and struggling is totally understandable. I don't want you to judge yourself for going through a phase like this. No matter how passionate we are about our jobs, no matter how much we care, there will be times when it just doesn't feel fun, where you hit a funk, where you question it. But often we think that means something needs to change in our external experience when more than likely we actually need to check in with what's going on internally. You said you don't want to do anything different, so I'm taking you for your word on that. What I'm sensing is this has much less to do with the kids, but more to do with your own relationship to your higher self. What are you doing outside of your job to connect to that presence, that love inside you? Having patience really is just another way of being able to be present in the moment. The present moment is also where we channel our higher selves because we are not lost in our thoughts about the past or the future. We're not wanting things to be different than the way they are right in this moment. We are fully in acceptance mode. But if you don't have a practice in your personal life where you actually intentionally try to give your thoughts a break and connect to your higher self, it's much easier to get stressed. It's much easier to be less patient, to project frustration on other people, especially kids. What does your higher self practice look like? This is a sign it's time to prioritize that in a way you haven't before. Lots of times we save self-care for when things are going smoothly in our lives. So we're like, yeah, I have time to meditate. Yeah, I have time to journal. But when things are stressful, we're like, there's no time. But there always is, even if it's 10 minutes a day, even if it's five minutes in the car before you walk into that nanny job, even if it's saying a mantra like, I am my higher self. I am here to share love. I can do this. Remember, love is a state of awareness. It's a shift in your consciousness. It's seeing yourself and the world from the lens of I am enough just how I am. And those little kids are enough just how they are too. When you fully accept yourself, that will help you accept them in the moment. When you don't need to be different, they won't need to be different either. Love will help you to be more patient with them, but also more patient with yourself. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay if you're struggling because love is always there, ready for you to acknowledge it. You can always return back home. Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, an outsider's guide to loving yourself in a tough world is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self and everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I can't believe I'm actually leaving a voicemail. I love your podcast so much. 
And um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I've related so many to the stories. I started listening in episode 63, and I actually went and I all the way to 65, the last episode I've listened to, and I even went back to the beginning. Okay, just excited to leave a voicemail. <laughs> um, I guess the question I have is, okay, the situation is toxic people from my past are coming up again. Like, someone's relative has come back to me, and they're just trying to talk to me, and a toxic old friend is trying to talk to me as well, and it's just, how can I forgive them? How can I, how can I even just ask them to say I'm sorry? I don't know. I guess I just need advice when it comes to returning of toxic people, and it's just at the peak where I feel like I'm going into my healing, like, I'm really processing my healing. And so, yeah, I guess that's my question. I really hope you use this in the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm definitely going to be a loyal listener. Bye. Hi, babe. What I think is really important to point out is that people are not toxic. Their behavior is. And I think that's really important to remember because we are all capable of behaving toxically before we were even aware of what that toxic behavior was. We have all done things that later we were like, um, what was I thinking? We are all in a different stage in the journey of our awakening and we are all dealing with unlearning our conditioning and for some people that conditioning is harder to let go of. Our higher selves are our true selves but not everyone is conscious of that and some people go through their whole lives staying asleep to their own power. I'm really proud of you that you've been working so much on your own healing and that you've walked away from relationships that weren't healthy for you. Have you ever noticed that the moment you move past something, it seems like it shows up again? Do you know why that is happening? It's happening because you are ready for another lesson. Forgiveness isn't condoning harmful behavior. It's realizing that behavior is a reflection of where that person is in their journey of self-awareness. It's seeing through the behavior to the fact it reflects that person's limitations, not yours. And the reason why this process is so important is for your own benefit. It helps you not take it so personally. It helps you not hold on to anger and let go of the power of the memory of what happened to make you feel less than. You are whole just how you are no matter what anyone has said or done to you. But there is no rush to being in that place. Healing is an organic process. You can't rush it, but you do have to nurture that process, which I definitely feel you have been. You have been nurturing your own healing. But even at the point when you do reach the place within your heart where you feel like you're ready for that type of forgiveness, that doesn't mean you have to be friends with them again. In fact, forgiveness is a lot easier when you maintain your boundaries. Remember, if you decide to talk to them, you have to understand you are making yourself vulnerable to being hurt again. There is no guarantee that conversation will go the way you want it to go. So you'd have to enter it with no expectations. In other words, you cannot go into that conversation hoping to get the healing you need from the person 
who hurt you. Only you know in your heart what will be best for you at this moment in your own healing process. Ask your higher self what love is calling you to do. Trust yourself. You have been already making great choices. You are very much in touch with what is working for you, what's good for you, and what isn't. Just keep going. Have faith in your higher self. You already have your answer. Hey, Bunny. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for everything. Um, you probably hear that all the time. But um, ever since I found your podcast, it's really been helping me a lot with the situation that I wanted to, that I'm calling today about. <laughs> um, so basically, since about the end of 2019, I've been going through a period of like really great loss but like good loss I guess losing things that don't benefit me and um up until I like even during the pandemic um I it was really rough but also I was prospering I was still going through that loss and um it wasn't until early this year I ended up falling out with my roommates of five years and my core friends who were really, they, they really helped me get through a lot of things, but I think they resented me for a while. Like um, I went through a really bad breakup and they were very good with like helping me get through it. But I think they held on to a lot of resentment for um, like their role in it and their role of supporting me. Um, but uh leaving that friendship and moving out because we were living together. And I know in a past episode, you said never live with your friends. You're not meant to. And I really feel that now. Um, but now I'm living alone and I do think it's, I think everyone should live alone at one point in their life. I think it's really been a learning experience and I'm grateful for it. But on the other hand, um, I feel like my apartment is haunted in a way. I'm not sure if maybe, I don't think there's a real ghost, but maybe in a sense of that I am here alone and um, having kind of losing my core friend group and also during a point of isolation where the entire world was in isolation throughout the pandemic the last two years. Um, it's been really tough and um I think my apartment kind of makes me depressed in a way. I don't know how to explain it other than just haunted. Um it's been really rough, especially with the winter uh coming up and them it being less light out and like me still being in school in like at home and online. I just wanted to know how do you continue growing in this point of isolation um i know i know hi hon yeah that's a lot of change living alone and also the ending of your friendships and your roommate relationship it totally makes sense that you are having feelings of isolation that's just a product of the change in your circumstance it doesn't mean there's anything wrong 
with you or with your situation. It's really just about recalibrating and adjusting and doing things in a new way to reflect those changes. The simple fact of living alone means you need new ways to socialize. You need to reach out to people to hang out. You need new avenues to spend time with people. And that doesn't even mean you need to hurry up and find like a forever best friend. I literally mean having more conversations. I know there's someone you know, maybe an acquaintance that you could reach out to and ask, hey, do you want to get a cup of coffee? Is there a class you've been wanting to take like ceramics class or dance class? I've been really wanting to sign up for this ceramics class um, in my neighborhood and that's definitely something on my list. Not only to make some cool stuff, but also just to be in a room with different people. Just because you have to make these changes and adjustments doesn't mean it has to be this really serious, stressful process. You know, keep it light. This is just part of being human. We have to make adjustments. It's just part of your self-care, socializing, and friendships. I say this often on this podcast that most adults wish they had more authentic friendships, but rarely actually try to make that happen. We gotta get over that. This world is too challenging to only keep our light to ourselves. Your friendship is one of the greatest gifts you have to share with the world. So take a chance. Revamp a little bit of your choices. Do something a little bit outside of the box. Now, I know you said you feel like your place might be haunted, but even if there was a presence in your home, I feel like you are projecting a lot of your fears and stress and anxiety onto that energy. Perhaps because you're going through a difficult transition, you know, that anxiety and that stress might be man manifesting this idea that there's a ghost who wants to harm you. Why do we assume spirits or ghosts, even if they did exist, are trying to hurt us? What if they're trying to love us? What if they're trying to protect us? What if they're trying to just exist in peace? What if they actually help us have more peace in our lives? When you make peace with your circumstance, you can make peace with your home. When you acknowledge that you are okay just how you are, you can trust what the future will bring you. You can trust your path. So I would recommend maybe doing some kind of ritual in your home. You know, get some sage, light some candles, write out a list of gratitude to your space, thank your space, thank your home for being there, bless each room, you know, Give it some more love. Our environments are alive. You know, the we have relationship to the space that we're in. And sometimes it requires really nurturing that relationship and putting the love in there. You know, like a lot of times we live in places that aren't perfectly ideal. Yeah, it's a lot easier to be peaceful. Say you live on the beach in this beautiful house with this infinity pool and all these beautiful plants. And yeah, okay, like living in that situation, it might feel a lot easier to, you know, get into your spirit. But life isn't like that. You know, our lives are cluttery. We got mess in the corner. Maybe there's a ghost living there. But we can take control of our spaces and put love into them. We can curate our lives and make them what we want them to be. It could be putting flowers in every room. It could be 
writing beautiful mantras and putting them on the wall to remind you. It could be painting the walls a new color. You know, these are the types of things that we do to build, to put ourselves into spaces and to make them our own. You have the power to make it what you want it to be. You decided to move in by yourself for a reason, so take advantage of this time. Enjoy your new home and this new phase of life. Every day is a gift and so are you. Hi, Bunny. Um, Thank you for taking my voice memo. I'm eager to hear what you think about this situation that I'm experiencing, which is that I recently discovered um, that I am a little bit obsessed with this idea of blame. Um, Background, I come from a religious upbringing where definitely there was a a binary system of good, evil, right, wrong, um, being blameless and blamed, right? And so I I think that's something I've carried with me, even though I've left the religion, is this idea that I am more valuable if I'm blameless, if I have no blame. Uh, the problem is, If I'm blameless, it creates this binary where other people are required to be blamed. Um, And so I've talked to my therapist about this, and she suggested I find another word or substitution for the idea of blame. Like, and I've cycled through a couple, like, um, I'm trying to think. I think I tried out um, fault, which also feels negative, or cause. Um, and and I'm, I'm struggling to move away from this binary and I don't really know how to do it yet. And it's, it's interruptive in my life because I think I am asking people in my life to either assign me blame, to say they blame me for something so that I can sit in the blame and feel shame for it and guilt and apologize or whatever, or for them to accept the blame I'm assigning to them, right? And so I guess it logically makes sense to kind of just not do it, but I don't know how to not do it anymore. So if you could... um I would love to hear what you what you think about it. Um, and I want to th- say thank you in advance and also thank you to everybody else that contributes to this podcast. It It is so informative and beautiful and lovely. And I, I love um, listening and, and hearing all the, the exchange that goes on. So thank you. Hi, hon. I think part of the reason why fundamentalist religions are so attractive to people, fundamentalist religions have an answer for what is good and what is bad. Now, if you do this, then you will go to hell or whatever. If you do that, then you will go to heaven. You know, it's a structure that you can depend on. There's only black and white. The binary is attractive like that. It keeps things simple. It's us and them. It's innocent or guilty. And blame works that way too. If you are to blame, then it's your responsibility for what happened. But most of the time, it's not that simple. What is really happening is that we're all in different stage of the journey of our self-realization. And we bring that level of consciousness to every situation. We bring our past pain, 
all of our conditioning, our LHBs, to all our relationships, from the most casual interactions like how you talk to the cashier at the store to the most influential relationships like family or good friends. Our job as people who are dedicated to awakening our higher selves is to build more awareness of our thoughts and our behaviors and what those thoughts and behaviors are motivated by. Are they motivated by the fear that we are not enough or are they motivated by our higher selves, the realization we've always been good enough. The path of our higher selves is to be constantly asking ourselves, how can I bring more love to this situation? What is my part in this? It's true, people do hurtful things, people make mistakes, but if you get too caught up in needing to place blame on someone, you will get stuck there. You won't see the situation holistically. The consciousness of our higher selves is like a bird's eye view. It's the lens to see where love was not conscious. And in most conflicts, that is on both sides, no matter how it started. There's a line in The Course in Miracles, which is a spiritual text that is one of my influences amongst many, but I really love A Course in Miracles. Um, And the line is, every situation is either an expression of love or a call for love. So if you're looking for a word to replace blame, my suggestion is replace blame with being accountable. Because being accountable isn't an either or situation. Everybody needs to be accountable to their part. And that could literally be being accountable to yourself and being like, why was I in a relationship with this person who did this to me? You know, why did I stay in this? This isn't about blame. It's about understanding the motivations or the unconscious behaviors. This is about seeing through the lens of your higher self. Blame just makes something shameful. It just turns it into something being wrong with you. When really the whole point is to realize nothing is wrong with you and to let go of these stories where you feel like the other person is out to get you or that you have to defend this sense of self because you're afraid that you are not valid or that there is something wrong with you, right? So being accountable is a way to grow from every experience that you have. No matter how unpleasant that experience might be, no matter who started the fight, no matter who made the mistake, when you are personally accountable to yourself, to your higher self, it just becomes part of the awakening process and in that way it benefits you. Well, that wraps up episode 66. Thank you so much for being here. This was a really sweet one. Thank you everyone who sent in questions. I know it's not easy to record these voice memos or send in these voicemails. It's very vulnerable of you and very, very giving. So we are all so so grateful. I do try to answer every single question that people send in. And a lot of those questions get answered on our bonus episodes as well. So if you're sending in questions, don't forget, you need to be a subscriber to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash XO And anybody else who seems to be getting a benefit from this podcast, who really enjoys it and wants to keep it sustainable. 
Thank you so much to everyone who is already a subscriber to our Patreon. It really makes a difference. Don't forget to log on to the Higher Self Community Discord page. You know, people are on there talking to each other, giving each other advice. It's so sweet. They're reacting to the episodes. So if you're looking for community and conversation, that's definitely a great place to get that. Okay, have a wonderful week and I will talk to you soon. I love you and so does your higher self. Bye. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari. 